peoples of the worldwide federated internet what is good People, people, as always, thank you for joining me. You know what it is. It's time for the Monday morning quarterback report. You know what I mean. Everybody's talking about Afghanistan and the things that's going on there. And I'm going to talk about it. Um, I'm going to say there's no right answer. I've been over there. I've been over there many times over the past 10 years, several times. Um... Again, there's no right answers. Everybody is looking to put the sole blame of everything on one person. I don't really think that's tenable. I don't think that's the uh I don't think that's the right way to look at it, but there is certain things you can blame on one party. Or one and when I say one party, I'm not talking about political parties, I'm talking about people. Um, President Trump definitely had missteps in, I'd say the way things were orchestrated. Let's, let's put it that way. Um, if you've not heard it, there's a good interview with the gentleman by the name of, uh, Matthew Zeller and his interview, the interview was conducted by Valuetainment, uh, Patrick Bet David, if you've never heard his podcast or followed him. He, he interviews a bunch of interesting people across, you know, different, different fields. It's not just his, his podcast is not a political podcast. He's interviewed Kobe Bryant. Um, he's interviewed other athletes. He's interviewed doctors. He's interviewed business people. I believe he runs a marketing company and he started a podcast pretty, pretty well known in that circle. Matthew Zeller really laid out some what I thought was appropriate criticism of President Trump as far as some decisions he made leading up to the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Now, I posted a video to my Instagram page today where I played the audio from that from that interview now that instagram page is more dedicated to my bible podcast but some people who follow me on there we kind of run in the same social media circles so i knew they wouldn't mind my instagram is kind of different for those of you who haven't followed me on instagram i actually get more traction on instagram than i get on rumble or uh youtube or uh, I'm on Minds and I'm on BitChute, but the majority of my interactions actually happen on Instagram more than anything. But needless to say, so I posted that video and I posted a video for, for two reasons. One, out of fairness, what I noticed, and I, I said this in that video, 
is last uh, last presidential cycle, election presidential cycle, however you want to call it. People refused people on people who lean more conservative refused at any moment. Well, let me let me let me backtrack that because I want to be appropriate in, in what I say and how I convey this thought. People within the more conservative circle who are followers of President Trump, some of which were very zealous, were reticent, they were hesitant rather to criticize anything Trump did, no matter what it was. And I think that's a problem. I think you can like a person, you can support a person and still say, yo, I support this guy or I support this woman, but this right here, yeah, that's that, that was backwards. Like he shouldn't have done this, right? I give you a prime example when uh, president banned bump stocks or pushed for the ATF to ban bump stocks. I think that was a mistake. I, I'm, I'm in a different place when it comes to the right to keep and bear arms. And it's not for the reasons you think, right? Because there's some who don't believe in owning guns. And I understand that the, it's the principle. This is a part of our U S constitution. So if the government can overstep sidestep and go around our U S constitution in that area, then that means they can go around the whole thing, not just that area. It, this is a concept I don't know if most pay attention to, all right? Everybody has their soapbox issue. Everybody has things where, you know, they're on this or on that. And sometimes if you don't care about something, you fail to see how that thing you don't care about can still affect you. And it happens. I think that happens to the best of us, right? It's happened to all of us, but it definitely happens when it comes to the U.S. Constitution. So anyway... Afghanistan is a heavy subject. There's a lot about Afghanistan that people don't know. Why are we there? How did all of this happen? How did Al-Qaeda form? How did the Taliban form? A lot of people don't know these things. And a lot of people don't realize that really and truly, we are to blame for the Taliban. We armed and trained these people. That was us. On the backs of the American taxpayer. I'm going to go to some articles. And I'm going to read some things from these articles. And I'm not really going to draw any conclusions. I'll let you do some further research and draw your own conclusions. But these are just some things. Well, I may offer a little bit of commentary, but these are some things that you need to know that people are not really inclined to look up, right? How did all of this start with us being involved with Afghanistan? If you ask the average person, they would say 9-11. And it's not necessarily wrong, but our involvement in Afghanistan began way before that. And in some ways, you can really say that our, our involvement is what led to 9-11. These are things that many people don't know. 
And I don't think people really care about history in general. For me, that's a huge problem, but I want to get to this, uh, to these articles and go over this stuff. Excuse me as I bring these articles into view. Justin things on my screen here. My sometimes I go to do this and it's all good, and then sometimes it is not. And it leaves you wondering what the heck is going on. All right. So on my screen, I have a New York Times article. Um, this New York Times article is about Charlie Wilson. Charlie Wilson was a congressman from Texas who died at age 76 in 2010. And this is a kind of a brief article that goes over a little bit of what made one Mr. Charlie Wilson so known from such a small, representing such a small place in Texas. All right. Charlie Wilson, a 12-term Texas congressman who was best known for his, uh, for his playboy ways until he masterminded a covert effort to funnel billions of dollars to ar uh, in arms to Afghan rebels fighting the Soviets in 1980. Died Wednesday in Lufkin, Texas. He was 76. Jack Gordon Jr., the mayor of Lufkin, confirmed the death memorial medical... Uh, the, uh, confirmed the death. Memorial Medical Center Lufkin said the preliminary cause of death was cardiopulmonary arrest. Mr. Wilson had a heart transplant in 2007. Mr. Wilson's exploits to provide as much as $5 billion in arms to Afghan rebels were the subject of a book and a 2007 movie, Charlie Wilson's War, directed by uh, Mike Nichols. Tom Hanks portrayed Mr. Wilson and Julia Roberts played Joanne Herring. I'm going to read um, something about her too. It's, it's just in interesting. I'm, I'm not, I'm, so this is really not one of those podcasts where I'm going to draw conclusions for you. Um, you may draw your own conclusions as you hear these articles and, you know, put certain things together in your head because sometimes we all hear articles put stuff together in our heads that may not be exactly meant to be put together, but we all have our thoughts. Uh, the conservative Houston socialite who first interested Mr. Wilson, a Democrat in aiding the Afghans. So this lady was just a regular, I say regular, she was an affluent um, socialite. And she was the one that interested Mr. Wilson in, in this conflict in Afghanistan. And that's kind of just 
for me, it was odd. You know, a rich socialite somehow convinces a congressman to get involved in arming Afghan rebels. And she may have had pure motives. Um, th That's the thing. Sometimes people have good motives, but no one to check their decisions because just because you have good motives doesn't mean the thing you're about to do is good in any way. Okay. A former president of Pakistan, General Mohammed Zai Al-Huq, said it was hard to understate Mr. Wilson's role. All I can say is Charlie did it. He said on 60 Minutes in 1988. It was an unusual role for a congressman representing an unworldly East Texas district from 1973 to 1996. Mr. Wilson kept his set, kept his seat, my bad, by balancing liberal views on many domestic issues with a hawkish stance on foreign policy and paying close attention to his constituents needs until his secret role in Afghanistan became the stuff of Hollywood. Mr. Wilson's fame was pretty much summed up by his nickname, Good Time Charlie. An article in Texas Monthly in 2004 said he gave his girlfriends nicknames like Snowflake, Tornado, and Firecracker. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm personally not, not here to judge the man over, over his exploits, but needless to say, being a playboy does say something about a person. I mean, that, that can't be denied. Mr. Wilson was able to help the Afghans from his seat on the house appropriations committee and, uh, from another on its subcommittee on foreign operations, the Soviets had invaded Afghanistan in 1979, invited by the pro-communist government there in the face of an insurgency. Now, I will say this. I have read excerpts from a book. I got the digital copy on my desktop um, at home. I believe the title of the book was called, is called Afghansi. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, it was a, a regular rank-and-file Russian a uh, soldier, if I'm not mistaken, I believe, who wrote the book about his experience in Afghanistan during this time. From what I gather, the Afghan government requested the Russians' help, and I believe they denied their help several times. They just didn't feel like this was a good idea, and then finally they got involved, and we kind of got in intermingled. Now, we all know how this works. That That could you know, really be Russian propaganda. We don't know that. The, the Russians could have put that out as propaganda for, you know, a reason why we should have never got involved. It may be true. It may be Russian propaganda. I can't, something like that, I, I haven't dug enough yet to substantiate one way or another, but I, I like to be transparent about that because I don't like to get on these podcasts and act like I know something I don't know. Okay. After he visited a refugee camp in Pakistan at the urging of Miss Herring and saw wounded and maimed Afghan guerrilla fighters, Mr. Wilson vowed to help them 
and became a key figure in Congress for, um, for doing so overtly pushing for humanitarian aid and covertly obtaining military help, a risky endeavor against a rival superpower. He often gathered his colleagues' support by voting for military contracts that would serve their districts. And this is the thing about Washington that I really don't like. Excuse that chair squeaking. I'm in this hotel in this chair. I can't stop it from squeaking. Just does that. But anyway... I don't like the fact that this is how deals are brokered. Well, if you do this for me, I'll get this contract for you and your district. Now, understand these these congressmen and congresswomen and senators are working on behalf of their state. But it shouldn't be like this. This is like this is the stuff of banana republics. Which we are easily becoming, or maybe we already are and have been for many years. And I just wasn't paying attention, which that's possible as well, but it shouldn't be like this. If, if, if what, if what you're selling is good and right for the American people, then it should be brought before the American people. And if we support it, then we should all decide to move in that direction. Now I understand every single nit, nitpicky thing can't be brought up, you know, before the whole country, but something like this getting involved in a foreign conflict should be something that is brought before the American people. It should not be done in secret. And that's what happened here. Right. And this is not a conspiracy theory. This is literally what happened. And that's, that never goes over well. And, but we don't learn. Okay, from a few million dollars in the early 1980s, support for the resistance grew to 750 million um, a year by the end of the decade. Financing was funneled to Afghanistan in secret by Mr. Wilson and other lawmakers. So this is my problem with that. I know I said I wasn't going to comment much, but you know how I do. I don't like the fact that something like this is done in secret money is being funneled. And this is the problem with that money is being funneled more than likely via taxes. So your tax dollars is going to something you don't even know about. Now I understand the need for secrecy. I understand the need to uh, keep certain things out of the, the public view I understand trying to make sure we don't give away everything to our enemies. I get all of that. But something like this, the American people definitely 100% should have known my opinion. Uh, let me see. We go back. Lawmakers. All right. The help went beyond money. When the Soviets deliberately killed camels and mules to cripple the Afghan fighters, uh, fighters supply lines. He flew in Tennessee mules when the central intelligence agency refused to provide the guerrillas with field radios for fear that Mujahideen transmissions would be picked up by the Soviets. He sent an aide to, a, uh, to Virginia to buy $12,000 worth of walkie talkies from a radio shack outlet. 
particularly helpful were Stinger missiles from the United States, which were used to shoot down Russian helicopters and became what many consider a decisive factor in wearing down the Soviets. By February 1989, the Soviets had withdrawn and the United States ended its support. Somebody brought up an interesting and a, and a compelling argument, I, I must admit. And what they said was, at this time, the Soviets were trying to spread communism everywhere they could. So if we just sit by idly while they spread communism and, and totalitarian and authoritarian regimes all over the planet, eventually it would be at our doorstep and we'd have to deal with it. And I, I, that is definitely a compelling argument. My problem is, and you'll, you'll see later on, well, I'm gonna, just going to go ahead and explain. We got involved. Um, for those who don't know, I believe Osama bin Laden was, was a part of these rebels. And we agreed, or Charlie Wilson, I guess, um, him and his entourage, you know, whoever was involved in all of this, convinced the Mujahideen that they would help, and, and you know, the rebels, that they would help rebuild and and uh, um, help rebuild Afghanistan's infrastructure, help them to pretty much establish themselves after this was all, all said and done. But when it was done, he couldn't get the funding for it. Remember, all of this was done in secret. And he was told, nah, kick rocks, we're not funding this. So he made them a promise, left them high and dry, which as a result, created Al-Qaeda and the Taliban. I believe that's how that happened. Um, I've read many articles, you know, on this over the years, so I can't remember all of the details, but I think, if I'm not mistaken, that's how all of that happened. They pretty much, they had a lot of anger towards us for not keeping that promise of staying and helping. Again, we go into places do these nation building exercises, which you, you can't really do. You can't build a nation. You, a, a, a people within a country have to decide that they want to build their own nation. And if in the process of building that nation, they request help, I can definitely see the U.S. coming in and helping. But just going in, nation building, you know, trying to bring democracy everywhere Maybe people don't want the democracy we have. I think it's crazy. You know, we live in a we live in a pretty dope country, in my opinion. How long it's going to stay dope, we'll see. But the whole idea of a democratic republic and freedom, yo, I love it. Maybe not everybody wants this. We just assume they do. All right. In later years, Mr. Wilson insisted that the United States had not made a mistake by supporting the Afghan rebels. Among them, Osama bin Laden. Yeah, I, I was pretty sure I was right about that. And the Islamists who would form the Taliban regime. He said if the United States uh, had helped rebuild Afghanistan, it would have remained stable and not become a safe haven for Al-Qaeda. And that may be true. The problem was you did all of this in secret, all of this money, was funneled in there for secret. And I'm pretty sure there were congressmen and senators that thought if it cost you this much to fund these rebels in secret, we cannot imagine how much it's going to cost to fund rebuilding this country and the American people are not going to like this. 
because at the time, probably the only way to do this would have been to raise taxes. And I'm pretty sure that was going to go over like a fart in church. Charles Nesbitt Wilson was born in Trinity, Texas, where his father was an accountant for a lumber company on June 1st, 1933. He, he, um, he, told about his first political experience in the book from which the movie was made, Charlie Wilson's War, the extraordinary story of the largest covert operation in history, 2003, by George Crowell. Charlie was 13 when his dog strayed uh, and a neighbor apparently fed it something that contained crushed glass. The boy's uh, first doused the man's garden with gasoline and set it on fire. He then realized that the neighbor was a city council member and used his learner's permit to drive black voters to the polls to vote against him. The neighbor lost his seat by 16 votes. Mr. Wilson attended the Naval Academy at Annapolis and graduated in 1956. He served four years in the Navy and went back to Texas where he was elected to state house of representatives and then to the, the state Senate in 1972, he ran successfully for Congress where he outmaneuvered a fellow Texan for a seat on the appropriations committee, as well as a slot in the subcommittee on foreign operations, Mr. Wilson survived by his wife, the former Barbara Alberstadt, and his sister, Sharon Allison. Uh, his rowdy behavior produced sensational headlines over the years. There were at least two midnight car crashes. He was investigated for cocaine use and election expenditure irregularities resulted in a $90,000 fine in an interview. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be, you know, too over the top and, and blast him too much, but it doesn't seem like he was a very dependable guy let's put it that way um dependable in the sense of being upstanding which i don't expect politicians to be perfect let me you know get that get that clear but it just seems like he led a lifestyle and had a mentality that was really not congruent with being a congressman but that's again that, that's not to say that's not to say that he couldn't do a good job right Definitely not to say that, but when you couple that with these dealings in Afghanistan, I'm just, I, I'm torn. Let's put it that way. I'm torn because in my mind, I'm like, okay, I understand. We don't want the Soviets to, you know, take control over everything. But if it is true that the Afghan government at the time requested the help of the Soviets then what business was it of ours to get involved? That's what I'm saying. In an interview with Washingtonian magazine in 1996, Mr. Wilson said Texas voters put up with his antics in part because of the vicarious 
thrill they got in watching him. Now that that statement right there is very self-centered, narcissistic. Yeah, I mean, I in my opinion, he added that he did not lie or whine when caught. Okay, maybe that's true. I don't know. I, I don't know much about him outside of things I've read. I just say, well, yeah, I guess I goofed up again and go about my business. He said, those good Christmases, you know, uh, you know, believe in the redemption of sin. Of course, I definitely believe that. Those who know me know I know that. But I, I don't know how much he really meant uh, any of his... I guess, uh, moments of repentance. I don't know if they were really repentance if he just kept doing the same thing with seemingly no remorse. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to stop there and I'm going to go on. So this this is an article about Joanne Herring. I don't know if I'm going to really read this whole thing. She was the the Houston socialite that convinced him to help Afghanistan. Uh Joanne Herring, uh, an intriguing blend of ambassador and celebrity. Joanne King Herring holds a unique place in the cultural fabric of Texas. Throughout her life, she has stepped forward to help others in need. Long known within the corridors of power in both Afghanistan and Pakistan. And that, to me... It's just crazy that a Texas, you know, she's wealthy, affluent, but a Texas socialite was well known in Pakistan by this general and in Afghanistan. Like that's at a time where, I mean, who really had much dealings in, the, in these areas at that time, right? People probably didn't know what was going on in these areas at that time. I mean, I don't, I'm not, not saying anything nefarious happened. I don't, I'm you not. Know, that's not my point, but again, who know? Like who? How does she get these connections? Herring's freedom uh, fighting role in Southwest Asia was brought to a wider American audience when the True Life 1980 story of Charlie Wilson's war was retold in 2007, with Oscar-winning actress Julia Roberts playing the remarkable Herring. As uh, moviegoers learn, Herring and Congressman Charlie Wilson were instrumental in forcing the withdrawal of the Soviet forces from Afghanistan without the loss of a single U.S. soldier. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. There was there was other forces at play, Middle Eastern countries, both in Iraq and Afghanistan and funding the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, and, you know, those who fought against us. Now, I love my country. So, of course, how we see them, we see them as the enemy who was helping our enemies. So you have to imagine. So sometimes we see things from the vantage point of our own country, right? Because we all love our country. I'm a patriot. I love my country. But you got to understand that other people love their countries as well. So if we were helping the enemies of Russia fight against them. How do you think we were seen? 
You know, that's an angle that I don't think is is thought about. Now, that's I'm not saying that they're necessarily directly equivalent, but I mean, how else do you see that? All right. A native Texan, Texan, excuse me, Herring uh, has worked for more than 20 years among the villages of Pakistan, reconstructing cottage industries in 2009. Herring funded uh, Marshall Plan Charities, a nonprofit corporation dedicated to Afghanistan recovery. The organization complements the ongoing U.S. military efforts in Afghanistan by rapidly and effectively redeveloping normal, healthy civilian life village by village. And it's very possible that she felt remorse for her aid in the creation of the mess that was Afghanistan after Russians withdrawal and we didn't help. And it, and it could be that that's exactly why she tried to do this to maybe remedy her part in what happened. You know, I, I don't know. Herring's ability to coordinate the uh, the minister's factory, uh, the ministry. Uh, yeah, the, the minister's factory owners and illiterate workers on the other side of the Afghan border earned her the Qaeda e azam award the highest honor given by the nation of pakistan she has also been honored to serve as a roaming ambassador of pakistan as council general to both pakistan and morocco simultaneously the skilled diplomat was a trusted advisor to the leaders of both countries now i'm not saying that a person can't do that with good intentions, good motives, and good outcomes. But I will say that I find that suspect, and I find it hard to not find that suspect. Herring's other honors include being made Dame by the Order of St. Francis and being knighted by the King of Belgium. She is also the recipient of the Freedom Foundation at Valley Forge Award, the Development in Literacy Lifetime Achievement Award, the 2012 Counselor Corp Lifetime Achievement Award, and the 2013 Southern Heritage Lifetime Award. She is the only woman to receive the Afghan Army Award. Herring co-chaired the Special Olympics in New York City with the former Secretary of State, Henry Kissinger. This lady was involved in a lot of stuff. I won't go over too much more of that because, you know, that this article, let me see how much longer it goes on. Oh, okay, this is the end of the article, so I will, I'll, I'll read this last paragraph. Her Texas roots have also uh, called Herring to aid those in her hometown, Houston, at a young age, she helped her grandmother found the woman's home, now a highly successful rehabilitation center. Herring also founded UNICEF in Houston. The, um, what is that? The Colitis and Elitis, I, I think that's how you pronounce that foundation. The Noche de las Americas. A ball to honor Houston's Hispanics and the counselor ball to honor 
Houston's large counselor community. Joanne Herring has spent a lifetime mastering the art of building a corporate, uh, a corporation between diverse groups. She refuses to slow down and, co- and is constantly moving forward and never quits. I think what may have happened is Miss Herring is one of those people who believes it's her duty to help impoverished communities. But sometimes some of these people and what they do helping, it actually hurts. Like they, they have good intentions, but what they move forward to do doesn't actually help whatsoever. And I'm I'm not saying that, that that's exactly what happened, but I'm saying as I read through that, that's the impression I got. But maybe maybe I'm being biased because of everything that has happened in Afghanistan, you know, that we know of now. So the first article, by the way, was a New York Times article. Um, this one was from uh, TWU.edu. Not exactly sure. Uh, Texas Women's University. OK. This next article is a history.com article. Uh, Soviets agreed to withdraw from Afghanistan. Representatives of the USSR, Afghanistan, the United States, and Pakistan signed an agreement calling for the withdrawal of Soviet forces from Afghanistan in exchange for an end to the disputed Soviet occupation. The United States agreed to end its armed support for Afghan anti-Soviet factions and Afghanistan and Pakistan agreed not to uh, interfere in each other's affairs. Now, I wonder if the reason we didn't help Afghanistan once we left was part of this deal. Right. And this is what I mean by people, you know, uh, Miss Herring may have been really trying to help the Afghans but got involved in something that we really probably shouldn't have got involved in. And it didn't help them at all. It actually created a, a a situation that's much worse and much worse even now. In 1978, a Soviet backed coup in Afghanistan installed a new communist government under Nur Muhammad Taraki. However, in 1979, a second coup toppled Taraki's government in favor of Hafzullah Amin, a Muslim leader less favorable to the Soviets. In December 1979, Soviet uh, tanks and troops invaded Afghanistan and Amin was murdered in the Soviet-backed coup. Uh, Babarak Karmal, a product of the KGB, was installed in his place. Now again, when you're reading stuff like this, it's hard to know fact from fiction. And what I mean by that is winners always tell the story and they don't always tell the most accurate story. So maybe all of this about the KGB in Russia is true and it's very believable. This was their MO during this time. But the winners writing history doesn't necessarily always give you the most accurate picture of what's going on. Okay. Despite early gains, the Soviet army met with unanticipated resistance from Muslim guerrillas who launched a jihad or holy war against the foreign atheists. Armed by the United States, Britain, China, 
and several Muslim nations. That's interesting right there. The Mujahideen or holy warriors inflicted heavy casualties on the Russians and the USSR, the Red Army's failure to suppress the guerrillas and high cost of the war in Russian lives and resources caused significant discord in the Communist Party and Soviet society. In April 1988, after years of stalemate, Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev signed a peace accord with Afghanistan. In February 1989, the last Soviet soldier left Afghanistan, where civil war continued until the Taliban's seizure of power in the late 1990s. And this is a New York Times uh, article, this next article. And it is, I believe, an archived article also about Afghanistan. Okay, uh, Moscow, December 28th. The Soviet Union today portrayed its military intervention in Afghanistan as a response to a request for military assistance against the provocations of external enemies. And this is why I was saying it in that in that book, Afghansi, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'd have to find it on my hard drive and kind of read through it again and maybe revisit this. But I believe this is the same story that was told in that book. Now, who's right? Which one is it? Did the did the Soviets uh, conduct and encourage and orchestrate the coup, the two coups in Afghanistan? Highly possible, even probable. It was their M.O. But did this Afghan government always also request the help of the Soviet Union? Now, remember, we as a country have done similar things, and, and I, I can't go over this and completely bypass the fact that we have done similar things in toppling governments. And you can say in a roundabout way, we put in people more favorable to us. We've done that. That's a fact. That's, I mean, that's you know, not even up for debate. We have done that. So this is, it's a mental conundrum, right? I can say from my vantage point, Better off that we as the United States win because we're not totalitarian. But then again, who are we to meddle in other countries' business? And we have done it. We have done it. We can't deny that. The Soviets did the same thing. Now, I can argue from the point that communism is definitely not the answer. I don't, I mean, we, we can have that debate. Some people support communism, but I can tell you right now. It ain't the move, B. It ain't the move at all. But what do you do? How, how, do you, how do you solve this? How do you get away from this? How do you get away from these, these constant interventions into others' affairs? Is there, is there a time where we do need to get involved? You know, I, I think there are points and there are times where we do need to get involved. That, that the situation calls for that. But man, it's... it's this is why I could never be a president. How, how do you make these decisions? I'm not going to say I'd be an isolationist, but I would probably be one that you would have to do some real hard convincing to get me involved. And I wouldn't want any funny business. Uh, but how do you get around that?
I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know how you get around that. Okay. The official Soviet press agency, TAS, depicted the Soviet action in the in the light uh, in the light by running the text of a statement by the Afghan government saying it had asked for Soviet aid and had received it. And I mean, we understand what the Soviets were at this time. We understand that this was state run media. Could you really trust state run media from a communist country? Yeah, not really. So nobody would be surprised if none of this was true. But what if it is? That's what I've always said to myself. What if it is? And we got involved. Nonetheless, we got involved in something that really didn't involve us and we did it half cocked and in a lot of ways we created the situation that we have now i was going to get into to other things um the cia officer that helped uh that helped uh mr wilson and miss herring his name is gustav Las uh lazarus avracados uh come from greek parents and the CIA operation to arm the Afghan rebels was called Operation Cyclone. Those are all items you can go look up. I won't bore you further with any more information and any more articles. But again, the reason I went over all of this, because I think these are things we need to know to understand the situation the hard situation that is afghanistan it's not easy there's no good answers and in many ways in many ways i think we kind of brought this on ourselves as as we've done throughout history small history lesson with some of my opinions y'all know what it is stay frosty people